0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we dress up our me's in makeup and wigs. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week including Super Mario Party DLC coming to the game two and a half years after it uh, initially launched and then on Thursday Kid Icarus Month continues with a discussion of Kid Icarus games that never were but Mark in the meantime how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I, uh, I feel I have to get something off my chest about Columbo. And I know I've been talking about Columbo a lot. Great. So I'm, yeah. I, I hope everybody provides me just a little bit of grace while I work through my issues with this TV show. Um, right. You know, I'm slowly making my way through it. Uh, but I have to do just like an episode at a time and then let it rest. And part of that reason is because as much as I enjoy the show, sometimes the people on it infuriate me. Because, oh, yeah. They're like, the worst people. You know,
0: He's dealing with people that think they're too good to be caught for doing a crime.
1: Oh, Patrick, I'm sorry to tell you, like, I, the the problem I'm having with this latest episode is that I was sympathizing with the criminals, and I was so annoyed with Columbo. But, like, it's, um... Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the premise of columbo real quick is basically like you know who the killer is you spend yeah. the first part of every episode like seeing the murder happen so you know from the get go who it is and so what you're watching the show is like columbo putting the pieces together and how he's going to like trap these criminals cuz they all these all these murderers think they like came up with a scheme that nobody
0: can figure out like the perfect crime right and and like an important like aspect of this is usually columbo kind of comes in seemingly knows the solution already and is just working to like whittle away the person to get them to confess on their own. Yeah, and it's nor- never—it's almost never about finding evidence, almost never. Right, and so normally, like, uh, th-
1: this particular episode just drove me crazy because the people they um the crime is committed, but then there is a coroner's inquest which rules that it was a an accident, which was all part of the plan, but then. These dummies, these absolute idiots, they keep engaging with Columbo. They let him on their property. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, he's like, can I just do this experiment? And they're like, go ahead, inspector, instead of being like, no, you absolutely cannot. Get off my property. Don't talk to me ever again unless you have a warrant. I just it drove me crazy. Like we were supposed to like like Columbo's like stick and the fact that he was like well the coroner's inquest said that it was an accident but i'm gonna stick with it but i was just like no stop harassing these people
0: yeah i mean he does often skirt like the bounds of what police officers are actually supposed to slash supposed to be able to do which isn't it's not great i mean but the criminals let him they're never like yeah. they're never like yeah. don't
1: talk to me they're like i'm not gonna answer your questions and i think part of it's because they're always pretending that they're too smart Right, they they think that they're too clever, so they're not worried about getting caught. But it's just
0: like you idiots! Don't talk to him. Don't talk to Columbo. You know who would never get caught? Caught is of course Sonic the Hedgehog, which leads us to the Sonic Forces borrowing program. Would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You can, or at least you can try. All you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so I can send my copy of that game to you for you to play for as long as you want. And then you send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It's a perfect program. One wrinkle is uh, you may accidentally get my copy of Untitled Goose Game. It's just something that happens. You want a hedgehog, you get a goose. Uh, and it's just something we all got to roll with. Look, ge- geese happen. I don't. That's I, just all there is to it. Also, listeners, it is that time of year, just like an
1: NPR pledge drive. We are looking for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or whatever, or wherever you get your podcasts. It has sadly been a while since we have had a review on the uh, Apple Podcasts app, and we would love to get more rolling in. They help uh, people find the show. We like reading your reviews. I can't stress this enough. People mm-hmm. who send us emails, people who tweeted us, People who uh, leave us five-star reviews, it delights us to no end. We love doing this show, um, but we love like hearing from people, and it just makes us feel good.
0: Right. And we like hearing people say good things <laughs> yeah, about right. us, obviously. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That a is, very, that's a very a flattering very
1: thing. important point.
0: But also, just like any kind of communication from you guys is fun. Um, so if you ever have anything to contribute to the show, email us or tweet at us, or uh, I guess leaving a review isn't the best place to like communicate, like have a start a dialogue, but it is a good place to let us know how you feel about the show. So we would appreciate uh, some more reviews coming in. Um, All right, Mark, uh, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I, uh, I I did it. I, I broke. I bought Pokemon Snap. Um, I, and I picked it up on Friday morning. Uh, kind of a first thing was just like, yep, I'm on board. I'm getting this. Uh, I'm going to play Pokemon Snap. And Mark, let me tell you, it's a good time. Nice. I find myself delighted by this game. Um, all the time. It is such a, a chill, like laid back experience um and you know there there are few things more rewarding than like going through one of the, the paths and taking pictures of pokemon leveling up your research level so that they change their behavior the next time through uh, and you're like this pokemon that wasn't giving me the time of day last time now like wants to run and dance around in front of me and I can take its picture I can throw apples at it I can play it a little song um i find myself laughing at this game a lot mark a lot Uh, there was a Pikachu. He ate an apple and then kind of danced around, and I was like, "This is wonderful."
1: That sounds so nice. What was there anything in particular that like pushed you over the edge from like I think I'll wait to like I'm gonna get it now? No,
0: not really. I I mean I just I I haven't I feel like I haven't had a um like new Nintendo game experience to play in in a while um and so it's just I'm you know because I mean I I played the heck out of um Super Mario 3D World. Um and Bowser's Fury, um, but Bowser's Fury, you know, tided me over for like a day and a half, um, and then I was happy to play Super Mario Three D World again. But for me, that was playing that game again, um, because I played the heck out of it on the Wii U, um. So yeah, I don't know. I think I was just like hurting for a new experience. And I know that you know now that we are um in May that there are a a couple of um like new big Nintendo experiences like rolling down the pipe here, um. But I don't know. This one just like felt right, um, and I, th- there there was a period I, I was playing this game last night, uh, for like kind of longer than I expected to, right? Like maybe like two two hours, two and a half hours straight of just like Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap, uh, and then I was like, oh, I I should go to bed. It's late, um, and I took out the garbage before I I went to bed, and I saw a cool bug outside. And I immediately pulled out my phone because I was like, I'm supposed to take a picture of this bug. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll tweet out the picture of this cool bug I saw <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I was just in like, I was just in hardcore Pokemon snap mode where I was like, yeah, take pictures of all the cool things you see.
1: That's fun. Have you been like sharing them on social media or anything when you get like a particularly good snap?
0: Um, so not on social media yet. Um, I've been sharing, like, the, the game allows you to have um, a little, uh, like, a small online presence where, um, you know, all of your uh, Nintendo Switch online friends can um, see uh, six photos that you upload specifically um, for, uh, you know, other people to view. And those are all photos that you can either just, like, upload uh, naked or doctor, right? So um, you can put stickers and filters and, like, you can do all kinds of things. Uh, and then you can also like title them, which is fun. Um, you can do lots of fun jokes with that. And then people give, um, Oh, what are they called? It's, uh, they're like smile medals or fave medals or something (laughs) like that. Um, and so I've, I've got a, I've got a photo of a, of a surfing, uh, um, with, uh, sunglasses on, and the name of it is surfs up bro. And it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of medals that I'm very proud of it. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, just, like, checking out what other people are putting up on their uh, little online uh, portals, too, is uh, super fun. And, like, again, just really low pressure and, like, cool and creative. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. I, I like uh, that you can pin those,
1: like, six photos to your page. It's like uh, the stealth return of MySpace
0: Top 8, right? It is. It is. Well, and uh, in addition to those six, there are two that the professor picks for you to go, to go up there. So I guess it is there, there is a Top 8.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, you know, uh, ever, since we got our 3DSs out to, for Kid Icarus Month, um, I decided to go ahead and give Rhythm Heaven Megamix a spin. Um, this is the yeah. 3DS Rhythm Heaven game. I played the DS one when it came back when it came out probably like ten or eleven years ago at this point. Um, and I played the uh Rhythm Heaven Fever for Wii, but there hasn't been or I guess there has been. I think Rhythm Heaven Megamix came out like five or six years ago, but I just have never played it until now. Yeah. And I think it's like uh given the name Mega Mix, like I think that it is a WarioWare Gold esque compilation of like um uh those like Rhythm mini games from the DS game and the uh, Wii game. And actually, maybe there might be stuff from the Game Boy Advance game. I don't know if that ever came to America. If it did, I n- have not yeah. played it. But um, these games are really fun and very, very simple. It's basically like one input at a time. So a couple of the uh, um, rhythm games, like they require you to hit like the A button. Or like a button on the D-pad, any one that you want. But for the most part, these yeah, are like sure. one button games. And um it's it's definitely like a budget Nintendo franchise. I actually think the game is still full price, but like the presentation and all of that is very like it's very simple. The meat of these are like the rhythm mini games, but they're all like short, they're all like maybe one one and a half minute uh little things where it's like okay, you have to Um, punch in rhythm, or you have to like karate chop fruit, or you have to like uh, perform in this chorus, and you're all doing it in rhythm. And uh, so it's it's different how I usually play my 3ds, which is normally I'm like listening to a podcast, I'm doing something else. But this you have to like really engage with it. You have to like have the sound on. Luckily, the music in this game, in all the games, are like really fun. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting to go back to. If if Nintendo were intent on doing um more mobile games I feel like just like WarioWare would yeah. be a good mobile game like this is one that would work great with the touchscreen uh just like Mar- Super Mario Run you only need one input to basically play the entire game how you monetize it I'm not really sure because like the mini games aren't big enough to have it be like okay I'm gonna pay like two bucks to unlock this 90 second mini game or whatever right. but um yeah, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. If you've never played a Rhythm Heaven game before and you have a 3DS and you're interested, I really recommend it. These games are a lot of fun and they're really kind of, I mean, the closest analog in Nintendo's catalog I can think of is WarioWare, but they're not really like WarioWare at all. Um, and I don't think they're like any other game that's out there. Uh, although now that I say that, I would love a indie game t- uh, take on like, Rhythm Heaven, because it doesn't seem like Nintendo's
0: interested in making any new ones right now. Yeah, it's so weird that both um, Rhythm Heaven and WarioWare got those sort of like compilations, those sort of like comprehensive compilations on um, 3DS, and that that isn't something that we've uh, revisited on Switch, and maybe just not yet, right? Like, um, you know, there's there's still time in, in, in the Switch lifespan to get there, but it's like, man, come on, just like like the The collecting all of it together is cool, and like you know, it, it feels like that is something that uh we're seeing that we are seeing on Switch in the form of like uh Mario Kart Eight Deluxe and uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, where it's just like collecting everything and being like, here is the biggest, most blown out version of this. Um, but like, come on, let's get some like, let's get some new ones. Yeah, especially because we know that they work in
1: on consoles and we yeah. know that they work with multiplayer because you had warioware smooth moves you had rhythm heaven fever so it's not like it's like oh they're limited to handheld for like because that's the ideal way to play these games like that's not the case at all
0: right um well that's cool mark i'm glad that you are keeping the 3ds alive i feel like that is something that uh you know we both uh like fall out of for a little bit and then we're like, oh wait a minute, there are a lot of games on this thing. And a lot of games that we missed.
1: Yeah, and it really is keeping it alive because um my 3DS is at the point where I have to keep it plugged in all the time. Oh and no so, <laughs> so I'm wondering like okay do I get a new 3DS? But like the pr- the price for those things are kind of like insane now. Even a even a new 2DS is pretty expensive because yeah, once they went out of print, they like immediately started climbing in price. So I don't know. I might just uh just play my 3DS until it just run it into the ground at this point. <laughs> I wonder if you could get a, re- a replacement battery for it. Oh, I might be able to get a replacement battery. That may be the way to go because I'm not even sure what like you know I bought a lot of 3DS games digitally, and I'm not even sure what transferring those like licenses entails anymore.
0: Oh yeah, good point. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, look. I mean, it's, this is something I want to stay on top of. Like, as as you uh, either make the migration over to an, another 3DS this late in its lifespan, or change its battery, I want to I want to be on top of it. I want to know what's happening step by step. Mark.
1: Okay. I mean, that requires me to actually take action on this and not just let like, keep my 3DS plugged in anytime hey, I want to play it.
0: If you <laughs> if you want to be like Patrick, just wanted you to know, no update. I feel like that's fine. okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um all right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week.
1: So, from my perspective, not really anything uh that is coming out this week to particularly highlight, but there are a bunch of sales going on at the same time right now, so there is an insane amount of games on sale. Um
0: and some of them are really good deals. Some of them are really good deals, and also some of them are ending pretty soon, um, like either uh, today, the day this episode comes out, or with, within a couple days. So if, if any of these sound, we're, we're going to try to highlight a, a couple. There are so many games. It, it seems like there's a big Square Enix one. Uh, there's uh, a lot of these Ubisoft games are on sale, um, and just like a handful of other things. Um, Mark, what, what, uh, what on here jumped out to you as uh, n- noteworthy?
1: Uh the one that like I have my eye on is Rune Factory 4 Special. It's uh 23.99 was 39.99. Rune Factory is a franchise that has always like intrigued me. It is um a mix of like a dungeon crawler with like the farming elements of uh Harvest Moon and it's from the um developers I guess it's Story of Seasons. It's from like the same like developers as Story of Seasons uh so it it has a lot of the same like elements and style to it and i know rune factory 5 has been announced for switch it is coming sometime in the future rune factory 4 special uh, i think was released like two years ago at this point and something i've always kind of been interested in checking out i love farm simulators i like rpgs so like mixing the two together seems like it'd be right up my alley
0: yeah um and that's, that's a good, like, healthy chunk off of that, too, like, to, to really bring the price down to a reasonable range. Um, in that same sort of idea, um, the um, Catherine, Full Body, um, uh, Catherine Full Body is on this list as well. It's twenty four ninety nine. normally goes for 50 bucks, so it's, like, at, at half price. And that was a game that I was excited about when it came out. I was like, yeah, I can't really justify spending $50 on um, a game that I did play, like, 12 years ago. Um, but at at twenty five, like that, that's right in line for me. Um, also, uh, you know, I've I've been talking about the Blizzard Arcade Collection. I've been playing Lost Vikings and Lost Vikings Two on it. Um, it is now a collection of five games. Was originally a collection of three games, um, and it is seventeen dollars. It normally goes for twenty. Um, so that's sort of just like it's a minorly better deal. Is always a great deal. Um, Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King, uh, which is a, a Zelda like game that we shouted out a long time ago when it originally came out is six bucks. It normally goes for 15, um, but six bucks. It's barely like spending money. Um, I- 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 all the final fantasy games are at like half price right now. Um, Hypno space outlaw, which you were talking about the other week, Mark is also half off $10 instead of 20. Um, there are some like weirdly new games on here that have like 30% discounts. Kingdom hearts. Melody of memory is uh Forty dollars and nineteen cents. It's normally a sixty dollar game. Uh that Bell in Wonderworld is the, the same deal. Uh not that anyone would recommend playing that, but like um it just like there there are some like really deep discounts here.
1: Yeah, uh Raymond Legends Definitive Edition is ten bucks instead of the normal forty. Uh this is a game that I'm pretty sure friend of the show and previous guest Greg Smith
0: likes a yep. lot. And so shouting that one out for Greg. Yeah, I mean, all, all of the, the Ubisoft games are marked down to like 15 Um, That includes uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, which is amazing, uh, which also includes uh, Star, Star... What's the name of this game? Starlink Battle for Atlas, um, which, yeah, $15 is probably the right amount of money to pay for that. Um, the, uh, the Star Wars games are all like half price. So And uh, the Wonderful 101 is uh, $27.19, which is normally... It's like $13 off its uh, normal price. So, you know, again, just like if you're looking for some uh, deep discounts they are out there, all of the Picross games are also about 20% off right now. So, except for the new one, Uh, Picross S6 is still still full price. But the rest of them are all uh, a little bit cheaper than they usually are um all right anything else you want to shout out there mark or we do did we do a very good job i think i think not to
1: pat ourselves on the back too hard i think we did a very good job all right great mark
0: let's get out of the new releases which brings us to a regular segment on our show it is time 433 in 1952 american composer john cage wrote a piece called 433 wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds for the purposes of this show our instruments are talking about nintendo so for the duration of one performance of 433 mark and i'll talk about something not at all nintendo related thus fulfilling the contract of the piece uh mark today is of course uh may 4th may the 4th it is star wars day may the 4th be with you um may the force be with you which way which way are we supposed to say it i don't even know (laughs) um but uh we are our topic we are going to be reviewing the mandalorian this is a a request from lizzie um for our 433 episode uh however long ago that was um uh so yeah mark the mandalorian how do you feel about it i i enjoy
1: the mandalorian i like the mandalorian i um i think like I don't really have any expectations each week that The Mandalorian is going to be good, and so <laughs> I kind of so I kind of enjoy it on those terms. Like I think my favorite episode of that show is still from season one, and it's like the second episode when he, uh, when the Mandalorian is like, um, uh, chasing down the Jawas in their little like Jawa yeah. tank. Like that's like yep. this that's like the silliest, uh, most fun that I've had with that show. I I thought I thought the second season was fun. Um, but I'm weirdly like not super into like the um heavy story elements, like the canon aspect of all of it. Like I don't dislike it. It just doesn't really mean anything to me.
0: Yeah, well I I that's one of the things that I find very interesting about it. And I don't know that it's a, a positive or a negative, um, but like that it does engage so much with like the extended Star Wars universe canon, like um, that Timothy Oliphant character. Uh, uh, I, uh, Cab Vanth, is that his name? Uh, maybe. That, that may be someone else. Be someone else. I think it's, Cop, yeah, Cop Cop I think Van? you're
1: right. I think you're I think you're right. I think that is his character, but like,
0: me. yeah, but that is like a, a character in, uh, some of Star Wars novels. Um, and you know, obviously, the, this last year, uh, that they introduced Ahsoka Tano and they, you know, name check, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, so they're like connecting it to Clone Wars and Rebel stuff, which, I feel good about because I just watched um but also like I <clears throat> I get those being the more intimidating parts of the Star Wars canon uh and so like to some extent I wish it could just be itself um and just tell its own story um but like you know I don't know I also do get excited when they're like okay there's some like emperor clone stuff happening here like are we going to start rehabilitating rise of skywalker in this um and then like you know the uh I mean, is it fair to spoil the end of season two or should should I not say what I was about to say? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I guess
1: like major spoilers for what we're about to say. So maybe jump ahead. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say Oh, you're not going to, okay, okay.
0: Um, But like, it's an exciting exciting moment, but like, uh, you know, does that, is that story actually served by it? I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, for whatever reason, like we clearly talk about Star Wars a ton on this show i'm very <laughs> like i you know i'm passionate about the movies and um and the the stakes feel high for a movie the stakes for the mandalorian it, emotionally for me like uh yeah the, the stakes for the mandalorian for me feel very low where it's like when it turned out to be fun that was a great surprise and i was like oh this is awesome but when when it's bad and i think occasionally it is like not very good um that's okay, too, like I like uh it yeah. it feels very disposable in a in a totally like healthy way to me, where it's like, okay, yeah, like I tune in, it's like forty minutes, and uh there's always something in there that I think is like fun or cool, but you know, when it doesn't all come together, that's okay too.
0: Yeah, well and i I mean, and this may just be a me thing, um, but like where Star Wars is concerned. Uh, I feel like I've got, I've always got my prequel armor, right? Like I right. always have um, the like immunity that I built up from seeing episodes one, two, and three in the theater I- excited as a kid. I saw Phantom Menace in the theater nine times. Um, you know, like uh, that the St- star Wars, I I was going to say, uh, can't disappoint me, um, but I was pretty disappointed by Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> But I think by and large, like, you know, I've, I've built up the, the tolerance to it so that when when the show, you know, isn't firing on all cylinders that I'm just like, okay, that's fine. It was just, a, it was just an off Star Wars and maybe I'll enjoy the next one.
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, um, it's just difficult for me to, like, not like a show that has Amy Sedaris seen at a table with a giant ant. Yeah. It's called, like, Dr. Mandible or something. Like, that is exactly yeah. what I want out of uh, this TV show. And uh, I, I am tickled how often they deliver that
0: uh also you know let's let's not undersell like the main like feature of the show like baby yoda's cute i like him yeah like (laughs) it's he's he's one of those things that like feels like it should be easy to make fun of people liking baby yoda because like it's so universal but because it is in fact so you like everyone's right yeah (laughs) right like yeah we are right to lose our minds over a baby yoda it is that cute i
1: regret to inform anybody who didn't know which i did not and that there are corners of the internet where Baby Yoda has been turned into, like, uh, minions, where he is fodder for, like, really, like, d- depressing memes um, about, like, not <laughs> liking your wife and stuff like that. But uh, uh, but even Baby Yoda persists, right? He's great.
0: Uh, uh, I, Mark, I, I agree with that
1: wholeheartedly.
0: Um, We were accompanied today by the GVSU New Music Ensemble. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Last
1: week, out of nowhere, with zero warning, Super Mario Party received a free update enabling multiple online modes, including bringing the main four-player board game mode online. Now... There were some there was you there was like a version of online with this game initially but the main mode the thing that you play
0: Mario Party 4 was not online. Yeah, you could do like a couple different mini games uh online there was like a a mini game gallery that took the like I don't know less than a dozen games that you could play online and like just sort of gave a little sweet for that. Um but I mean yeah, it's uh Non-functional to the point of, I don't, I, I never even attempted it. um I've never talked to someone who has. Yeah. And so, uh,
1: and by non-functional, do you also mean like, I, I've heard that like the online play itself was like choppy and bad. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. So, um so with this update, you know, Patrick was saying that there is a handful of games that you could previously take online. This adds 70 plus mini games that previously you could only play locally, are now available online. Again, the main four-player board game mode is online. There's also a two versus two online mode, which is uh, the same board game, but with teams. I, I have seen some, The timing of this is super weird, right? Because the game was released in the October weirdest. of 2018. We haven't heard... We haven't heard boo since. Um, and this is like the first time the game was updated. But I've seen speculation, and it kind of makes sense that, uh, you know, Nintendo, they updated their online backend. They're using a whole new, like, Mm -hmm. server system for online games. And I wonder if that's what they were holding off for. Because I haven't seen anything about this update from people saying that, like, it plays super smoothly or anything. But I haven't seen a lot of complaints about it being unplayable.
0: Yeah, so with um, uh, Monster Hunter Rise was the first like big Nintendo title to be using the new um, on- online servers or the new online server protocol or whatever. Um, so yeah, it-, it could be that they were migrating it over to, that they were migrating Mario Party um, over to this as well, which is what allowed them to put so many more um, games online. Which like, so in-, in that way, the timing does make sense. But in another way, just as in the states we're like opening up from the pandemic and like starting to go over to people's houses again um uh it is like precisely 14 months too late right like this would have been a killer update in uh april or may of 2020 yeah totally i also but
1: you know super mario party even though it came out in october of 2018 continues to sell like consistently well And so I think there are a lot of people who are picking it up for the first time who, like, will never know a time where you couldn't play this <laughs> game true. online. Um, but yeah, so, like, it, it's it's cool to, like, see this happen. I, I was genuinely shocked just because it feels like the time would be right for, like, a Super Mario Party 2 or whatever is next for Mario Party to come out this fall. But the fact that they updated this with... Um, online makes me feel like that we shouldn't necessarily be expecting another Mario party game for switch anytime soon.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's also just another, like another chapter in the, like you can never predict what Nintendo is going to do, how they're going to support something three years after its initial launch with like, you know, a game changing new feature. Um, Like it's just, uh, there's just, there's just no telling. Um, And, you know, I, I think there's also just a, Like, I I wonder if part of it is just that the success that Switch saw last year um, with, like, Animal Crossing and, like, being sold out of units all all year long and uh, all that has, uh, you know, Mario Party is a a big seller style game. It's everyone can engage in Mario Party in the same way that everyone can engage in Mario Kart. Um, And I wonder if they're just like, you know, we have enough of these machines let's just make the game good enough uh, to like give it another push to like really get it out there for the more casual audience that have, you know, come in with animal crossing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, Nintendo has also released a
1: demo for Metopia. This is the switch release of the 3DS game that came out in 2016. A um, couple of things like you can download the demo. The progress will carry over to the main game. Um, but to me, the like coolest thing to see coming out of this was all of the Miis that people were making for this game because that that's one of the things that Patrick, you and I, when this was announced, we talked a lot about how you know the Miis were such an integral part of the Nintendo 3DS, and so you had a lot of Miis on that system, but I don't have very many Miis on my Switch outside of maybe like two or three that I have for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And so, um, but it, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a problem, because there are people who have really taken to this me maker because it's probably the most um, uh, customizable meme maker ever. And so the stuff that people have been putting up online and, you know, you can share code so you can follow somebody and you can see all of the Mii's that they're making, and you can add those Mii's to your game. So it seems like by the time this game comes out, there, there are going to be ways for people to add lots of cool, Mees to their game from the get-go and that's what makes Metopia like unique and special is Mees are playing the main characters in the game so you're determining like who the bad guy is and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah well and I think the thing that's super clutch about that is like the Mii maker you know with its uh, it, it, it's mostly in the makeup and wigs that like allow you to customize them beyond these sort of like regular uh, Me appearances that's all available in this demo. Which means that's always going to be free to anyone who owns a Switch, right? So like there is no anyone who owns a Switch can make a cool me and then like share the code for it on whatever social media and like be a part of it. Uh, It it means that like, you know, whenever you think about like uh, user generated content for for games, like part of the problem is that like not enough people are like putting time into like assets you really want to use. Um, and this uh, addresses that problem in two ways. One is that it actually doesn't take that long to make a me, right? So like the generated content generates fast uh, and everyone can do it. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that this like turns Metopia into like a game that I'm like genuinely interested in playing. I still think it's ridiculous that they're releasing it for 50 bucks, um, a 3DS game. Uh, but uh, it, it does... Um, address the you know, concern that we voiced the other week of like, people don't have Mii's. We don't have relationships with Mii's anymore. Like, I think we're about to again.
1: Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat with you, Patrick, where like, I'm not really excited for Miitopia. I, th- I think it's cute. Like, the idea of Miitopia is really fun, where it's like an RPG played, like, where the, all the characters are, like, your friends or Mii's that you've picked up from wherever. Um, and when I played the demo on the Nintendo 3DS, I thought it was really cute. I've seen cutscenes from later in the game where you're like, "That's a really funny use of memes." Um, but for whatever reason, just like as a game, it doesn't appeal to me. But uh, if you are interested, you don't have to wait that long. The game comes out on May 21st. Like Patrick said, for
0: 49.99. Yeah, which again, like you can still get the 3DS version right now on your 3DS for 40 bucks. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> A few months ago, Master Chief from the Halo
1: franchise and Kratos from God of War were featured character skins in Fortnite. And at the time, like, they were rolled out. You know, it was like uh, Master Chief was coming and now Kratos is next. And we were all kind of like, okay, like, is Nintendo going to be next? Because it seems like that's where we're leading. (laughs) Nothing ever materialized. Um, There was no Nintendo character. But at the time, we were speculating... One, whether Nintendo would actually commit to something like this, and two, what, nin- char- what Nintendo character would be suitable to appear in the game. Um, not a ton of, like, gun-toting Nintendo characters that you could really put in there. But as part of the ongoing Epic and Nintendo, or sorry, Epic and Apple lawsuit, previously confidential documents are becoming public, and one of the documents. That was released is a Fortnite quarterly business review from June 2020, and in a section of the this presentation, um, that's around IP collaborations, there are full-page images of uh, Master Chief, Kratos, and Samus Aran. So clearly, it was either a pitch to Nintendo; they were having discussions. It's not something that mm-hmm. was they ever got released. Uh, or at least hasn't been so far. I think there are other like skins and items in that document that haven't seen the light of day yet, but are presumed to be coming. But it seems like this moment has kind of passed. You know, we had Microsoft, yeah, we had does, Sony. Um, but I think when we were talking about potential N- Nintendo characters, you brought up Samus, Patrick. So congratulations.
0: Right. I mean, we can just put this on the board with the um, uh, the Game & Watch prediction from uh the middle of last year i knew that bad boy was coming out (laughs) um yeah well i mean did did we land on on any other like uh really viable like maybe the the star fox crew could be in there but like who really cares about that
1: yeah no that 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 is like the other one i can think of i mean i guess what donkey kong had like uh some sort of like banana blaster um yeah. And it's it's
0: a coconut gun, I believe. <laughs> <It's a> co- <laughs> it yeah. can fire in spurts <laughs> And if it if he shoots you, it's going to hurt. Um <laughs> uh, but no, like really I I can't
1: I mean the the main character from Geist, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Obviously James Bond 007, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh it always seemed like a um an interesting fit, but having Samus running around in there. Cuz I think the skins are limited time, like I think um you can only use them during that like season or whatever is happening and so uh it would have been cool i will say that like it, you know it does take me back to the soul caliber 2 days um it would have been cool to see like representation from all the big 3 in fortnite
0: at some point yeah i mean it, it, and kind of it's just like you know fortnite is so there are characters from everything in fortnite right Um, and it's just like, well, why not, why not a Nintendo guy in there? Yeah. Let's let's get, let's get one Nintendo
1: person in there. Konami has revealed that they won't be attending E3 this year, but that they are, they're deep in development on a number of projects. Um, and this is notable to me because after basically getting out of console video games a few years ago, like famously just being like, nope, we're, you know, like not doing this anymore. Konami has like kind of walked that back and has become more active. In mining their library. Um, you know, like we saw the Castlevania collection. Uh, we saw Getsu Fumiden Undying Moon at the latest Indie World Showcase. So it seems like they're maybe doing what Sega has done with some of their franchises, where they're partnering with like third party developers um, to like bring them back. And I know there were rumors of like a Silent Hill game that was a Sony exclusive that we haven't seen, but like that was the rumor going around for a while. And I'm always interested in somebody revisiting Castlevania. So I am curious to know what they're working on. Probably something Metal Gear related, actually,
0: now that I'm saying all this out loud, because that's probably their most lucrative franchise at this point. But um, I mean, I, I don't know, though, because the the expectations on a on a Metal Gear game are always huge, right? Like, they're not, and uh, you know, uh, the longtime, um, like, director and producer of those games, uh, Hideo Kojima, is not with uh, Konami anymore. He's, you know, got his own studio right now. Um, but, like, those games aren't cheap to make, right? They are, like, famously belabored projects. Um, and they sell super well. But, like, you know, I gotta wonder, like, it, that, that feels like it was one of the nails in the coffin for uh, Konami when they were first like, all right, I don't know that we make games anymore. um, Was that the experience with Metal Gear Solid Five was such, uh, so long. And like the game that they put out, isn't uh, Kojima's complete vision for the game. So like, I like, I I could see where there would still be some like hesitancy about trying to move forward with Metal Gear, unless it's like a a remake of some kind. Yeah, that, that, that might be
1: true. I just really feel like um, after the success of Sonic Mania and, you yeah. know, like the success that Sega's had also with like Streets of Rage 4 and things like that, that feels like such a viable option to me that I don't know. If I was Konami, I would absolutely, you know, find an indie developer who, I mean, I guess, I guess actually we're, you're kind of seeing it, although it's not sanction, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with Konami, but with the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game. That is coming out um but like you know just finding those develop that indie development team who like loves the property and will you know like wants to do right by it and i I feel like that's what you need from uh castlevania is somebody who just like wants to make one of those games again i guess that isn't um uh iga whatever his name is the one who made like bloodstained igarashi yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um yeah I, i mean it's it is so interesting too because like there are just there are there's a, a huge library of games that, like, are sort of languishing uh, under um, Konami's rule, right? Like, they did release that Castlevania collection that we talked about on this show, um, which is, uh, like, eight or nine Castlevania games that are all um, from the 8- and 16-bit eras, uh, and also two Game Boy games, which are virtually unplayable. Three! Three Game Boy games, because Kid Dracula's on there as well. Um, but, like, they have this, uh, you know, like, sort of parallel history with um, the Castlevania games that like fit the Metroidvania mold, right? Like for which the, the genre is named. Um, there's a whole series of them on the Game Boy Advance. There's some DS games. Um, and like they, there are, you know, Symphony of the Night was recently re-released um, on like PlayStation and um, Xbox, I think. But like, you know, there's, there are so many of these games that are just sort of, like, sitting around and, like, could stand to be released uh, in in some format. Like, there is virtually no way to play Metal Gear Solid 4 right now uh, on anything except an old PlayStation 3. Like, that is literally it. so Um, wild. Isn't it weird? Um, And so, like, uh, you know, a a lot of these, a lot of those games could just stand to be um, polished up and, like, pushed back out on on new platforms. Um, But it's just, uh, you know, because Konami has been like taking more of a back seat uh in the last like five years or so, um it's just there it's it, uh it's just it's just a library that's just locked away,
1: yeah, it's kind of honestly it's surprising to me in a way that like Konami hasn't been absorbed like um the way that like Hudson was absorbed by square Enix is that right am I getting that right but anyways, you know like i I feel like a lot of those smaller like mid tier Japanese developers have been absorbed by other entities and it's kind of a surprise to me that they have Konami has stayed independent I'm glad that they've stayed independent um just Mm because I don't think we need more consolidation in the video game industry but I I'm you know they have such storied franchises that it's weird to me that they just walked away for a while and so I'm excited to see uh what they are working on and what like their big plans are coming back
0: this is probably short sighted on my part, but do you think that any of that has to do with because, like, their sort of main business is like um, experiential, like, parlors and stuff, right? And like uh, pachinko machines and, and stuff like that. All of these sort of like destination things that, like, were probably closed during um, the coronavirus and like states of emergency um, as uh, Japan has declared them. Like, I wonder if that has sort of made them realize that, like, they're not diverse enough in the ways that they're bringing in money right now and that they need to get back into the console gaming market.
1: Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know that that could have uh, contributed to it for sure. Fast company published a feature on, on Nintendo that included quotes from Nintendo president Shinto- Shintaru Furukawa and Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser. Um, the whole thing is worth reading. So we'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, it's you should definitely check it out. But here's some highlights. Uh, Nintendo has been on a mission in recent years to deploy characters outside of video games. Um, you know we see new merchandise partnerships with people like Lego, uh, Uniqlo, Puma. There's the theme park lands coming online. Um, and this upcoming Mario animated film that like looms in the distance like a meteorite. I'm terrified of what this thing turns out to be. But uh, it's important to note that like, their, Nintendo's focus is still on games. Uh, Furukawa says specifically, quote, Our objective has always remained the same, he says, to connect and entertain more consumers with Nintendo IP in the hopes that they may become interested in the world of our dedicated video game experiences. By doing this, our goal is to create a connection that transcends a particular game,
0: platform, or console generation. Uh, and I gotta say that is a bit of a relief, right? Just like as as a uh, long time Nintendo fan who found their IP through games, uh, that like, I mean, I guess I, I guess I can understand a world where like I'm interacting with Mario not primarily through games, but I don't like it. It's <laughs> you know, I I, I want to, I I'm happy to be assured that they're they're always going to be focusing on how to make those game experiences the like primary way that you interact with uh, these franchises.
1: Yeah, it is. It's an interesting like shift in strategy because on the one hand, it seems like subtle, but the um, uh, ramifications of shifting, they are huge. Like, it's like, okay, like introducing somebody to Mario through the animated Mario movie and then creating that virtuous cycle where, okay, by, because they like the movie, fingers crossed, oh, please, God, be good. Um, Then then, uh, they will, you know, like, okay, seek it out on, like, a mobile phone or seek it out. I guess really what they're looking for is through, like, the Switch um,
0: or whatever Nintendo's current console is. Uh, Yeah, I I, I do think it's interesting, too, that they're not... um, I mean, I guess there's, like, an interactive, like, sort of game element to the... Um, Lego Mario stuff, even though I don't really think that that's, I, I think it's just interactive. I don't really think there's a, a true game component there. Um, that there aren't, like, it It seems like there could be a market for, um, you know, like Zelda tabletop games or like a Metroid tabletop game or, uh, RPGs for like any of the, uh, Nintendo franchises. Uh, and it's interesting that that is not really a part of this that they're, really exploring and like even in the way of i mean i guess there's always like manga and stuff but like that we haven't seen uh like other gra- like graphic novels or like comics from like big publishers you know there there was the talk of the arms graphic novel coming out of uh dark horse but that got canceled um it's just uh, it's it's interesting to see Nintendo being like we're expanding our IP into all these other places and you're like okay you're not going to any of the places where like everyone else goes <laughs> uh you're just like making a movie and like putting some shoes out yeah yeah like
1: i i guess you know anything that uh takes somebody's time i guess you know is in theory competing with nintendo um but like i i feel like a movie and like clothing and like that kind of stuff um doesn't compete in like the most direct way as if they were like uh um i feel like tabletop like rp like games like that feels like the closest thing that's like a direct competitor where it's like you can spend your time gaming doing this or you can spend your time gaming on like a console right. um but yeah like but it seemingly uh, didn't hurt uh pokemon at all yeah, like right? oh like, yeah that's a great point the that's pokemon really card good game is huge yeah but i i also wonder if like they will eventually get there right yeah because um in this uh he talk uh, furukawa talks about like Shigeru Miyamoto is being very very hands-on with the animated film and uh he talks about how like while they're trying to go through this like IP expansion they are not doing it at the sacrifice of um the video game development and the way that they're doing that is uh they have people they they just have very few people working on these outside projects. And so I wonder if it's just like opportunity cost, right? Like they are focused on these, like, things that are right in front of them, and eventually they have plans yeah. to even get further, but there is just not enough people for them to, like, do all of these things at once.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Furukawa
1: also discusses how Nintendo isn't plotting, it doesn't plot its future, like, specifically around VR or augmented reality or whatever, like, the new up-and-coming technology is. Um, he says that the way that they're always interested in new technology but that the way they approach it is uh they're looking for things that can provide new never before seen experiences.
0: Uh I guess that's interesting. Um it's uh I like I wonder if um like VR and AR at this point. I mean they they still those are still spaces that are so like um, bleeding edge, and so, like, the technology required for them to work well is, um, like, works against, um, like, you just, it needs to be such a powerful machine in order to do something that even, like, approaches acceptable, um, and, like, Nintendo's never going to be on the the cutting edge of that in the way that, like, PlayStation or Microsoft could be, um so, like, it's just not the, like, the cost-benefit analysis just isn't there for them. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, we've, uh, I feel like AR is the one that is, like, right there. And they're, the way they've been using it is always kind of as, like, side projects, right? You had uh, Mario Kart, um, oh, I'm blanking on what that, uh, AR. Tour, Home Circuit. Home Circuit, yeah, exactly. Like, And that was developed by, like, an outside. But I think you're right, Mario (laughs) Kart, like, Live Circuit, something like that but there it is live home circuit but but that but that was developed by you know like a third party and you have niantic who has pokemon go and they just Mm -hmm. recently announced that they're like they're doing a pikmin game so i feel like ar is the one that nintendo has dabbled with most in like an adjacent sort of way
0: you know i've talked everything on the 3ds too like there there was a ton of functionality with that all you know sort of like on the periphery and like never the main focus of anything but like They were putting out the software with AR functionality for years.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, like I've talked ad nauseum on the show about how um, VR is is such a weird technology because I feel like um, we've been told for multiple years now that like it's right on the knife's edge and about to tip over into being mainstream. And we've just never seen that happen. So I'm not saying that like that nut will never be cracked, but I'm just like skeptical of what that looks like and so um yeah like and so i it makes sense to me i guess basically what i'm saying is that nintendo isn't really hitching its wagon to vr or or ar they're just kind of like dabbling but um they i guess i guess they don't really hitch their wagon to anything necessarily they're just kind of
0: like looking to see what's out there all the time yeah also uh, you know we've talked about this a, a couple times but like Nintendo is in such an interesting space right now where you're like, I can't see them making a deviation from what they're currently doing, right? Like they don't have the backup of like the second pillar of uh, consoles that they're selling right now. Like they're really just doing the switch um, and like to take a big chance and not have something else there to like prop everything up. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, the, Nintendo's future is always impossible to predict but it feels extra impossible now. Totally. I mean, I guess, you know, like uh, just
1: the way that the Game Boy was the pillar that Nintendo had that like then they could be like the Nintendo 3 d 3D- the Nintendo DS is a third pillar, even though that turned out not yeah. to be the case when the DS took off. You know, the Switch could be that solid foundation where they're like, okay, we have the Switch 2. And then we're like revealing something that's totally out there and crazy. And then if it doesn't catch on, we still have like the Switch as our um, concrete base that we feel good about.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it is outrageous that like the 3DS, which was uh, announced as like their third pillar as like this special weird deviation um, ended up being one of the highest selling Nintendo pieces of Nintendo hardware and just hardware in general, um, like became this mega success that then, you know, is like the point around which all the other Nintendo experiments like got to uh, like sprout from.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the Game Boy had just as many, like, uh, iterations, or I guess console generations as, like, the DS did. Both turned, you know, like, the Game Boy turned out to be the evolutionary dead end in that way. Yeah, weird. So weird. (laughs) Uh, And then finally, Dr. Petey Piranha is now seeing patients in Dr. Mario World, which means it's time for us to update our definitive rankings of all the Dr. Mario World practitioners um so let's boot up the spreadsheet.
0: Booting up the old spreadsheet as a reminder there are of course 41 doctors in uh Dr. Mario World. Um at towards the bottom of the list we've got Dr. Kamek at number 41. Um Dr. Koopa Troopa, the fire doctors are all like part of that and then kind of the crappy um uh Koopa Kid doctors are all in like our bottom uh from uh, ranks 32 to, to 41. Um, And then the top of the list, um, top three, of course, are Dr. Daisy is number one. Dr. Two is Dr. Donkey Kong. And, of course, number three is Dr. Baby Wario. Um, Mark, I guess we can get into more granular detail if we need to. um, But how are you feeling about Dr. Petey Piranha as a doctor? The thing I like about him is he has um, arms. I think that's helpful. Mm -hmm. So, he has arms, but I think it's time for us to discuss, what is, is he wearing a swimming suit, or is this a diaper? <laughs> what, what is going on with Petey Piranha? I fear
1: that it is a diaper, because I think Petey <laughs> Piranha is supposed to be
0: a baby. Okay, and that, that jives with my conception of, and maybe I'm probably conflating it with the uh, baby like, fire flower or piranha um, dinosaur thing in Mario Galaxy. Um, so maybe that's slightly on me. Um, but I also think Petey Piranha is a is a baby. Right? Yeah. So I feel like we need to rank him among the babies. Does that feel true to you? Yeah, where
1: do we where do we have those guys? Oh yes. Okay, so they're in our like D tier. We gave every character a letter grade.
0: Um Yeah. So we've yeah, so at at uh, at uh, number 30 is Dr. Baby Rosalina. 29 is Dr. Baby Peach. 28 is Dr. Baby Luigi. And 27 is Dr. Baby Mario. Um, there are some other babies that ranked a little bit higher, but that's you know a conversation for another time. So for me, my vote is above Dr. Baby Mario,
1: but below Dr. Toad. I like Petey Piranha more than any of the other babies because I think I would just feel un- like, sad and undignified if I went to see a baby that had a pacifier in its mouth as my doctor, whereas Petey Piranha might be a baby, but he's a big baby. He's like a Jack in that Robin Williams movie that nobody
0: likes. Sure. I mean, you, you are correct in identifying that as, as such as a Robin Williams movie that nobody likes. Uh, There's, I think that's probably good. I think number 27th uh, after Toad, uh, after Dr. Toad, sorry, um, makes a lot of sense. I do just want to bring up one thing. Uh, He's a plant. Right? Does it bother you that you would be uh, that seeing a doctor who is literally a plant? You know, if he's done
1: all of the training that he feels comfortable with human physiology, like, who am
0: I to disagree with the Mushroom Kingdom board? All right. Uh, then I think we have a- an answer there. And it means that Dr. P.D. Piranha is coming in at number 27. Um, just uh just a slightly better doctor than Dr. Baby Mario and a slightly worse doctor than Dr. Toad. Um this is an ungainly list here now, Mark. Um It is a little out good. of control. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Look, I'm I'm pleased that our, our top 5 can I, can we just go through the top 5 one more time because I love them so much. Number 5 is Dr. Goomba Tower, which is of course uh three Goombas in a trench coat. Um, <laughs> like a lab coat, I guess. Um, number four is Dr. Lockatoo, and I don't remember why he's ranked so high, but it, uh, makes sense to me. Number three is, of course, Dr. Baby Wario, um, just because it is a, a confluence of terms that no one can understand. Um, he's, a a, a series of contradictions, too powerful to deny, um, and then Dr. Donkey Donkey Kong, because you know that's a doctor who's going to fight for you is number two and the undisputed best doctor in dr mario world is dr daisy i don't think that needs to be explained um all right mark let's get out of the news Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. Um, for real, uh, the, those reviews are um, great, and we're uh, really hoping to get some new uh, five-star reviews in there. So please do that if you haven't yet, um, and we appreciate you taking the time to do so. If you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter, wherever you share stuff. On Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can follow us there. Check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8BitBetty. You can get more of his music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying Box Boy for Fortnite. And thank you for listening. Rachel, do you like Disney movies? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of them? Yeah, we saw all the Disney animated movies.
1: And we saw all the Pixar animated movies, too.
0: How about the DCOMs? What? What? The Disney Channel original movies. You should listen to our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, because we are watching all of them in chronological order. Yeah, and we do fun segments, like we cast each other.
1: That's right, and my favorite segment, Zaddy Watch, where we rank every single DCOM daddy.
0: Ooh, you can listen to all this fun stuff on our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault, on Campfire Media, wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: All right, guys, let's get back in the vault. It's cold out here.
0: (laughs) Campfire.